Hi everyone, Josh and Ryan here. Welcome back to the Supercent Podcast, the personal development podcast hosted by the youngsters for once. Research shows if you put a hundred random people in a room, somewhere amongst them, there will be just two truly incredible, inspirational people who are living their lives to the fullest. In this podcast, we bring those exact people to you, week in and week out. Join us on our journey as we learn the secrets, routines and dreams of the Two Percenters. Okay, welcome back to the Two Percent Podcast. Uh, today, it's just myself and Ryan. So over the next two episodes, what we thought we'd do is we're going to do some deep dive interviews into your host um, and just get to know each other a bit better and get let the uh, listeners, you guys, get to know me and Ryan a bit better. Um, so today's episode will be myself interviewing Ryan. And after that, Ryan will be interviewing me. So, Ryan, are you ready to be on the uh, other side of the microphone today? And yeah. Yeah, that's going to be, be good. Excited. Sweet. So, I was thinking, let's not, um, you know, as we're not normal guests, we're not, we're not going to follow the usual format of Mm-mm. breaking it down and doing the 10 questions and stuff. Like, we'll just have a bit more informal chat and see where yeah. it goes. Yeah, that sounds good. So, Ryan, I've known you only really in the recent years of your life like since you've been at university that's where we met mm. i'm interested to know what was what was little boy ryan like like what, what was you uh, like at school and how, how have you got to where you are now damn what was little boy ryan like little damn, boy ryan yeah, yeah that's a question um yeah i mean so i've grown up in the same house in the same small village um since well i still live here so 21 years um been through the free schools that are in the village, the infants, uh, junior junior schools, uh, secondary school, and the sixth form as well, which is which is part of that secondary school. So it's been quite uh, it's been quite a unique kind of village, kind of country experience, really. Kind of we're quite rural, but we're on the commuter commuter train line to London. So I think those elements have really shaped growing up, really, because it's been very very comfortable, very. Um, very good environment to grow up in um both environmentally just going through the schools knowing the same people haven't had to move house like all, all of that sort of thing so um I think that has really kind of affected um me growing up I suppose um as a student I guess I've always been quite academic that's why uni kind of appealed to me so I went through did my GCSEs got got my 10 GCSEs, A star to B, A star, A to B, I beg your pardon, can I just change shit? Um, and, <laughs> and then did um, did sick form where I did the international baccalaureate, which is a, an equivalent to A level. It's a kind of internationally recognised qualification where it, it's kind of deemed to be harder because you do six subjects rather than the four that you used to do at A level. I don't know what A levels are like these days, really. And it was very language focused as well. So the school we were at, you had to do two languages um, at GCSE and then you had to do one. You had to carry that on through into the sick form. For me, that was French. And then the sick form came to applying to unis and things like that. I wasn't really sure what was going on. So I was like, OK, what do I want to do? So I was considering English. I was looking at business, which is obviously what I'm doing. And there are a few, a few options open, really. Um, so I was quite conscientious, uh, quite academic. Um, but I also really enjoyed the extracurricular stuff. So like, <clears throat> helped organise like the charities week. So I was chair of that. Um, helped run the debate societies. So quite quite a few different things like uh, badminton, football club, football team. So kind of really just getting involved in the community, which I think is something that I've carried on doing into into my uni life, and hopefully will carry on doing 
as I move on through life, I think, yeah. Yeah, so as someone that's grown up in that sort of small community, like you said, do you think it was a, a bigger and, and harder transition than, than your average student to, to take the leap and go to university and go to a, a foreign city and, and meet loads of new people? Maybe. I mean, it probably wasn't for me. Um, I definitely don't feel that it was because at school we were always um, given opportunities to go on trips or to go on exchanges or whatever. So by the time I left sick form and it came to go to uni, I'd been on international exchanges to different countries, one of which was a work experience exchange. Um, so I was working for two weeks in France in a bakery in a shop. Um, so really immersed in that. Um, in 2015, I did two um expeditions abroad so to Costa Rica and to Nepal so I had to fundraise for those so I'd come kind of fresh off trying to raise like six grand six and a half grand in 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 18 months so that was really quite a taxing thing to be doing at sick form but likewise that was really rewarding because I feel like I got so much out of that that journey of fundraising and then going and having an impact abroad and and being able to go on those trips and, and, and meet loads of new people and things like that. So when it came to taking that step to uni, it was it made it an easier step to take, definitely. Yeah. Was there a lot of your mates and stuff at the time going down similar routes or not? Um, I mean, pretty much everyone I know went to uni. I don't I, I know very few people who left sick form and went and got got an apprenticeship or, or some kind of work. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was a an an element of a pressure to to go to uni but I think that's what I would have gone on and done anyway because that's kind of how my my mindset was at the time it's still now really but yeah um, like kind of geared towards that that academic side yeah yeah okay and so we were we run this podcast a personal development podcast um what would you say the main development point for you has been from that little like primary school boy when we still got so much to learn and be impressed mm. by um to where you are now I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is taking advantage of opportunities. Um, and if not that, trying to create opportunities. So I think that comes from kind of always being told that I'm kind of going to achieve or I'm going places or, you know, you're going to do great things when you're older. You know, you're really smart. You're going to be great or whatever that kind of messaging is. And so that has kind of fueled me, I guess, to always take on as much as possible both academically and extracurricular stuff and business-wise what we're trying to build two percent and and beyond and so I think that the biggest difference yeah between kind of where I am now and where I was kind of 10 12 15 years ago will be that kind of attitude to opportunity and, and growth of basically just just doing it and just trying to find whatever it is that you want to do and try and make it happen yeah and just as you're saying that I thought back to a quote from uh Anthony Valley is in his two percent interview where he mm. said people describe him as a magpie because he he just picks mm. up all the shiny opportunities all the time. Yeah, so like, yeah what, I've forgotten what would, about that. Yeah. <laughs> what would your advice be for um? Well, maybe not. You don't feel have you have to give advice, but like, how do you go about finding new opportunities and taking them for taking advantage of them? So I think it comes down to a few things. It comes down to your environment, and it comes down to yourself. So your environment so for me I'm, I'm at Loughborough Uni it's a it's a, a melting pot of different opportunities and people so there are a lot of different opportunities just all around you just all of the time you know people offering to help with different studies or research or you know people you could build a business with you can just walk down and talk to in the street or meet at different events and so there's that sort of element of 
it's easier to to find certain opportunities so it's about trying to create an environment for yourself where that is happening and that can be online as well i mean we were talking to harry harry beard last episode about um the power of social media in in meeting people who are like-minded than you and linkedin has been a a big tool for, for that for me recently and then i think the second point on yourself just it's about having the right kind of attitude and mindset to opportunities and that includes failure as well i guess kind of thinking about what each opportunity can can benefit you and, and how that can affect you positively rather than sort of thinking oh actually i don't want to do that because i might flop or somebody might look at me in a different way or whatever and their thoughts of course that i still have but i think because of the experiences that i've had already pretty much everything that i've done that i didn't want to do whether that's because of fear or because of my comfort zone or whatever has always kind of worked out for the better you know so it's it's like we said before when has it not been fine you know yeah um so i would say then then it's just about kind of trying to leave your fear at the door and and do whatever it is that that you would like to to do really yeah <laughs> I like that we still reference that when has it not been fine quote. Do you remember where it was from? I told you. I can't I think it was you. I can't remember. It was me, but it was the... <laughs> I actually got told that by like some druggie that I met in like Vietnam. <laughs> Did you? Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah, when he's like that, his yeah. visa in his visa yeah, on the beach. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mate, how are you not stressed? And he was just so casual, like, mate, when, when has it not been fine? Yeah. But it's it is true, yeah. there's an element of truth. Mm. And they're nice. So and yeah, just going back to you, you mentioned uh, the interview with Harry the other week, um, mm. and, and you've also mentioned mindset a lot. And something we, um, I think a way mindset is created often is by the people that you're influenced by and who you hang around with. Yeah. And Harry mentioned like the, you know, the five people rule you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Mm. Took a bit of a different spin on that and said, actually, in the world that we live in now, you can make those five people anyone you want, dead or alive by consuming mm. all the content there is on them, whether it's their books, their YouTube videos, mm. uh, speeches, etc. So I'm just interested to know, the mindset that you've got is obviously very similar to mine, very driven, business-minded. Where have you got that from? What, what's what been influencing you throughout your, your life so far to get to where you are? Um, I think to, to take it back as far as I can sort of think, it's very, very initially out of a kind of boredom with school. I think that was kind of my first sort of memory of thinking, okay, I'm not enjoying this as much as I would like to be. What else can I do to fill that gap? Um, and, and that's quite young. That's kind of junior school kind of level thinking, I'll, I, I want to take a role in the school play or I want to get involved in running um, running a stall on, on the, the charity days and um, compete to try and win the most I mean, you know, win the most, <laughs> win the most <laughs> money, raise the most money um, in that. So like every year at school, we did a, we did a, a kind of fair, like a, like a summer fate thing in, in kind of May time, I think. And um, we were split into groups in year six and it was like, okay, like you're, you're going to all run a stall together and we're going to invite all the parents and friends and families along and we're going to raise money for the school. Um and we want you to all come up with a stool idea. So some people were doing games, some people were doing this. Um, and I remember in, in that in that meeting when we were planning what we were going to do, some people were like, oh, I want to do this game. I think that'd be really cool. Some, and then another idea was, oh, I want to sell cupcakes. We can just go to the shop and, and buy cupcake, cupcakes and sell them. But then I remember chipping into that conversation and saying, 
actually, no, I think we should sell ice cream because it's going to be sunny in a few days, or at least it's supposed to be. Um, and if it is sunny, then we'll be one of the most popular stalls because everyone will want ice cream when it's hot. And then I kind of brought everyone around to that idea. And then it was really sunny and we, ra- we raised loads and loads of money because we had loads of ice cream on a really hot day. Um, and so that was kind of one of the first things outside of school, outside of the classroom where I was like, okay, this is really cool. I've really enjoyed that. I was working with a team, kind of leading the team, and I was like 10 or something. Um, so I think that there are a few things like that growing up that I kind of point to in confirmation bias hindsight to sort of tell myself that it was always meant to be this way kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is obviously not true. Like if I was an author now or something, I'd say to myself, oh, I remember reading this book that inspired me to be an author or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are a few things like that that I sort of point to and think actually mindset is really important. Um, another another cool story, um, which I've never told you about actually, yeah. um, was I'm, oh, I must have been eight or six or something like that. Um, and I was in this kind of, I can't even remember what it was, like this kind of crash class, not crash because that's toddlers, like this kind of class thing while my mum was at the gym or a summer club or something I can't remember where um and it was at Easter time and it was a basically a competition to create uh, an Easter an Easter card like a Christmas card but for Easter which obviously people don't give out but it was just a kind of arts and crafts thing to pass the time for for the kids um and it was like a competition so we all just sat sat at our desks one-to-one making these things and I remember being so bored that I was like, okay, what can I do? So I just got this piece of paper and just folded it up in a really weird way and then realised that actually I can't make this into a proper card now. But I then sort of did and then sort of wrote a front bit, put a message on it or whatever. And it was just folded in this weird way. It was this kind of abomination of creative sort of thinking. Um, and then, you know, just stuck a plastic egg on the front and, and wrap it or whatever. And then... Um, submitted it and actually won that competition but actually it was just the worst thing ever <laughs> because i'd fold because I'd, I'd folded it in the wrong way and i sent you a photo of it it's just so funny um but at the time i was like oh my god i've, I've gone wrong i've folded this card in the wrong way it doesn't look like a proper proper card um but actually the sort of lesson at the time i took from that was just actually it doesn't matter and being different is okay and that's something I've carried with me, I think. Um, no, it, st- it stood out for being different. Because it stood out for being there. different, and that's kind of that's kind of me, really. So, yeah. Uh, that's a nice story, to be fair. But the, um, the ice cream one, it reminds me of those sort of anecdotal stories that um, you do hear the sort of entrepreneurs. That, like, it reminded me a lot of Stuart Graham's story of, of his picking up golf balls from the mm. bushes yeah. and then polishing them up and going on to sell them on. Like, it's just those yeah, things. that was a good story. I like that one. Everyone sort of starts out with those little things, but I'm also interested. Who who influences you now? Like, is there any sort of mentors or uh, people in the media that you look at and think, "Wow, like these guys, these guys are who I want to be like." Who I want to be like? Um, or who who influenced the way you think at the moment? Yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting because spending a lot of time in and around the personal development space. There are a lot of people who sort of influence your thinking, who create a lot of content, um, who I just 
consume because I'm either subscribed to them or they're just everywhere. So you can't really avoid them if you're on a lot of social platforms, liking and um, engaging with content around the same topics because they've got brilliant content strategies. So um, people like Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Cohen, Cohen Ray, um, Tom Bilyeu, Tim Ferriss, um, and names that spring to mind, Mel Robbins. Um, so there are people like that on a very kind of high level who are just there because they're in my feeds. Um, but then at the same time, what I've been thinking about a lot recently is that actually what I need to try and do over final year and kind of into the future is spend more time consolidating the messages that these people are giving out and that I'm telling myself at the same time and kind of coming up with as I'm exploring the space. Um, because I think part of the industry is that you need to kind of always be on to the next book or the next course or the next um, like model of, or way of thinking or whatever. I, I, I think the way I've approached it certainly so far over the past kind of three, maybe five years is just sort of, oh, what's the next one? I need to be reading something else. I need to be consuming video content. I need to just be listening to TED Talks. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. And it's quite a restless way to go about the industry. So I think what I'm trying to do now is slow things down a bit, consume what I want to consume at a rate that I want to consume it, and spend more time trying to consolidate and actually implement everything that I'm sort of thinking about. So I, I just recently read... Um, Again, uh, you are not so smart, and um, the four-hour work week, um, which are two books that I love, and I'm trying to revisit. And actually, going through things again are it, it's really really useful because it just sort of reminds you, it refreshes you of of what was good about that book, instead of just sort of being able to say, "Oh, I've read 300 books on personal development or whatever." So I don't know in terms of mentors i don't know it's difficult because there are certainly people that i consume a lot of content from but i, I would never say that they're a mentor to me yeah that, that they just produce content they've no idea who i am um and likewise i think i don't really have any professional relationships that are kind of mentor like um and i think that's because mentorship can be quite a niche thing um so yeah i don't know that's kind of my thoughts on on that question really yeah, I think the the word you said um, to describe the personal development industry can be quite restless is, mm. is the key. And uh, I've definitely felt that from trying to explore the space. It's just like you say, that feeling of, of needing to do the next thing and always be doing something and because they reinforce these messages about always constantly developing. And sometimes you do get mm. caught up with it and never sit still. I, I've mm. definitely suffered from that. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, definitely, 100%. I mean, that's exactly what I'm kind of alluding to. Like, I think you can get so caught up in thinking about improving, and especially as a perfectionist myself, um, kind of always thinking about how how things are right or wrong or, or kind of what um, what the next thing is or kind of focusing on the, the smaller failure details rather than sort of the bigger picture successes. Um I think it's so it's so so easy to get kind of swept away by the sheer volume of information that's out there. So yeah, I completely agree with with that. That's good. And then I also wanted to touch on something that you're very sort of um, 
transparent and authentic about it is your posts on LinkedIn around failure and and, and meaning, especially within the the academic space. Mm. Um, you're sort of very open about when you didn't quite hit the grade you wanted, or this is how you're struggling at the moment with this course, etc. Like, mm. well, what's yeah, your sort think... of motives behind that, and, and what what are your messages for people that haven't seen them? So I think primarily at the moment my LinkedIn is a space that I'm just really enjoying sharing whatever it is that's kind of on my mind I think over the past months prior I was sort of being not not inauthentic but trying to just post as much as possible whereas now I've sort of taken a a slightly different approach which is sort of posting whatever I feel like whenever I feel like it and trying to do as much as possible to take advantage of the reach and try and meet new people and things like that but not kind of trying to see that as the goal whereas the goal is just to sort of express whatever I'm feeling whenever I feel it in in that kind of way um and so the few kind of academic posts that you're talking about uh I suppose were inspired by kind of you know it's GCSE A-level results days recently um and it's a very stressful time um and I remember that uh, my IB level was going to uni. I didn't get what I wanted or kind of needed for my first choice uni, which was Exeter. Um, and I didn't meet the Loughborough offer either, but Loughborough then accepted me on the basis that I'd only missed one grade based on one mark in, in my French uh, subject. So when you kind of take that into account, um, now I look back on it and it's like it's just such a meaningless small detail that at the time meant so much to me but actually now I'm I'm three nearly four years down the line from that and it kind of means so little because I'm at uni I'm comfortable I'm, I'm having a great time um, but when you're in that moment of that couple of weeks of um, the results for your GCSEs or, or for your A-levels or whatever it kind of does feel like it's, it's the craziest thing ever and that's it's the same at uni like I've had moments when I've nearly failed modules and it's just been the, the craziest time ever because I'm thinking, oh, what if I've got to retake? What, what about this? What about that? And I just think at the end of the day, it kind of it just doesn't matter because it's a problem now. Yeah, maybe, but in a month, two months, a year's time, you'll look back on it and it's just a completely different perspective. And that will always be the case for whatever it is you're worrying about at the moment. So doing that kind of post, I think, helps me put put my own experiences into perspective of, so, for example, now I'm going into final year. I know it's going to be stressful. I know it's going to be hard. I know we're going to have to work really, really hard. And there are going to be moments just like, if not worse, than what I've experienced before. But I also know that no matter what, it will all work out. Not just because it always has done, but because it will all work out anyway. So, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's just trying yeah. to... Trying yeah. to have it have it as a kind of record for myself and and my mindsets at that time um as well as trying to you know if on the way in doing that there are people who are um helped or or, or inspired by anything like that <clears throat> or feel good enough to comment and say oh really thanks thanks for sharing that then you know that that makes me feel good as well so there's something you've also mentioned a couple of times in this episode is is kind of your um your different attitude towards education, like you sat in the classes board and, and you felt you could be doing something different. And from mm. knowing you and speaking to you, I know you still kind of have that um, mm. bit about you now, especially with, at uni and stuff. Like you feel like it's, I don't know, what, what, what is your views on education? Is it, is it 
do you see it as something that's could be changed entirely or just something that maybe that doesn't completely suit you it's such a difficult one because what my kind of journey and, and as you say i've kind of touched on it has been really varied so at the beginning um i'm talking kind of midway through kind of part way through primary school um or junior school and then into the first maybe three years of of secondary school and then um to in, into sixth form um there was a solid message of you're very smart you're very bright you're achieving very well very quickly you're you're like from being in in the top reading class for my age to then being in the top set for everything in in year eight and nine or ten or whatever and then having very very close to some of the some of the top predicted grades obviously not the top but I've always been very close um and that kind of reinforcement from from teachers from parents uh, I think I think put a lot of pressure on me academically to sort of think hold on I'm being told at every year every turn every parents evening every kind of lesson every homework just that you're doing really well kind of you know you can improve here and here but you're doing really really well you're going to go places you're going to do that and I think that has kind of slowly built up that I sort of think oh this is really good or you know I'm doing really really well um and then I think the the kind of converse to that was I was always close to the top but never the top and so I was always pushing myself to try and get there but never quite managed it um and then it came to sick form and it was kind of like okay everything's getting really harder now um you're gonna have to step it up again um but because I was not in the top I was never kind of considered or thought about going to Oxford or Cambridge or any of the top universities there just because I didn't have the grades to get there but then it was all about well yeah you're gonna go to a Russell group and you're gonna get a really great job and you're gonna do this and whatever so I think for me anyway whether this is completely true or not my feelings are that um that sort of experience and pressure has led to me having a certain outlook on what my education is for and that being this builds to that which builds to that which builds to that which builds to that exam which then can lead to this these grades which gets you into this job which gets you this outcome and over my time in education I've always just thought well I kind of want to know why I'm doing something I want to know why you're telling me the information you are so for example science is a great example of that math as well um, and every subject really but especially in those kind of subjects when the information you're learning like you you can know you can just tell that a lot of information is being withheld because of the complexity of the topic yeah and you, and you can tell that from biology in year six when you're learning about photosynthesis to when you're learning about photosynthesis in year 12 like it's completely different but obviously the complexity of it is what allows for that but then when you're at that top level or top kind of bracket or whatever you want to call it you can kind of see that there is another level that you're not you haven't got access to um and so for me again it kind of felt like and still does feel like a kind of never-ending train of kind of well, what's the point of what i'm doing or learning because there's always stuff that you don't know um or that you're not being told or whatever um so i don't know i think there's a there's a sort of underlying frustration there's also a lack of understanding on the kind of practicalities of what it is so um 
for example, I've never understood why citizenship doesn't focus on things like tax returns, things like what the housing market is, um, things like um, relationships, just, I don't know, think, things that are more practical to life rather than the kind of theoretical topics. And so I, th I, th I think we should have an education system that is built towards life rather than towards kind of a really broad topic um a broad sense of everything because like so i i know or have known that from year eight onwards i never wanted to go to an art class or a music class again at least not yeah. in the, at least not in the way that it was just because it, it, it's not really my, my my game it's not really what i was good at or kind of enjoyed i mean i enjoyed the creativity side of it um which is why i still enjoy the kind of innovation stuff that that business involves but it was never really my thing but then I still had to keep doing it until we chose GCSEs. Whereas for me at that time, I'm like, well, I want to use this time for something else. So, mm. yeah, it's a really difficult one because I think there's no silver bullet for any for any of these of these issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That, that um, never-ending train you spoke about is that like the never-ending train of, of what's the point, and you're constantly trying to do mm. the next thing. Is that being driven though by the social pressures because everything you spoke about there when, when you were saying like I'm being told this I'm being told this it's always mm. an external voice and if you were just left on your own devices to just learn out of curiosity and just do what you want yeah. do, do you yeah. think you would have a different attitude to that I think so because I think that's how I feel now um I feel like I'm coming around to sort of well I just want to do what I want to do with my time I want to learn in the way that I want to learn rather than the way you're telling me I should learn um but then it's, it's a difficult one because I'm now at an age and a maturity when I can make that decision because I'm about to leave education. So it's difficult because I can now have that perspective because of the way education has been for me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, it's a really tough conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the element of the, the core of what I'm trying to get at is that throughout the I don't know, 15 years that I've been in education, I've always had that sort of thought of why am I doing what I'm, what I'm doing? And I don't feel that anyone has ever been able to give me an answer other than to get a good job when you're older or whatever that looks like. And whether that's you need to do this homework, you need to do well in this particular exam in order to, to, to qualify to get on this particular course when you're at uni or whatever. Um, and I feel that's the same now at uni. I, I feel like the the message is just go to all your modules, work as hard as you can so you can get a good job. And then once you've got a good job, you can get promoted. And then, I don't know, I feel like it's it doesn't quite line up for me in terms no. of the outcomes to, to what life is actually like. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I know. You've, you've gone in depth there into that topic. So, so coming out of uh, education now, you've just sort of had your first year where you have had complete autonomy over choosing what you want to do and you've just done a year in industry mm. um what was that like where did you go and why did you choose what you did so placement was super interesting for me because i am one of the people who really like to plan ahead and so i was thinking about placement from the kind of start of first year the fact that it's a sandwich year degree was one of the first reasons why i chose the course that i did and chose loughborough as a uni to consider because of the focus on placements um, and especially in the business school where it's compulsory for everyone and so from from the get-go of, of second year I was 
you know, I've got getting the spreadsheets out, trying to analyze the companies who I might want to want to work for, what the content of those jobs might look like, what is the job that I want to do. And there was a lot of kind of soul searching around that of kind of thinking, well, what do I actually want to do? What do I actually enjoy? Um, and that's just from the perspective of where well, you're going to be doing something kind of nine to five ish every day um, f- for a whole year, kind of to put it plainly. Um, so I went through a lot of different companies to consider um, and I ended up working for a charity in the city of London called the Lord Mayor's Appeal. And that's part of the Lord Mayor of the city of London's office. Um, it was a brilliant, brilliant placement because it was just so varied and I was given such great exposure across the organisation um, from the events management stuff to the fundraising stuff. I got to manage our social media channels. So I got to um developed my interest in uh, digital comms and, and and social media from a business perspective rather than just um, as a as a consumer on the other side which was super interesting um, and just the kind of the network as well so I got to meet loads and loads of cool people um, often quite senior people in organizations that I've always kind of looked up to so that was really cool um, and just generally some of the some of the experiences were were really 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 good yeah just incredible um and so as a as a year's placement to give me insight into the world work for one but also what it's like to kind of work in the city um as another um i feel like it it has ticked ticked every single box it could have and i'm I'm coming off it feeling very positive Um, so is that is that charity sector something you think you'd want to go back into well this is i suppose the comes back to that kind of soul searching question so one of my kind of values is that I'm very kind of purpose driven um, and I like as I said before I kind of like to know why I'm doing what I'm doing or what I'm contributing towards and so the charity sector that kind of social impact um, I mean we met a society that's focused around social enterprise and the UN develop sustainable development goals so there's very much always been a focus for me about kind of creating an impact um, no matter what that looks like so the charity sector was always going to be somewhere I would consider working and so when the LMA position came along, I was looking, it was like, this sounds really, really good. Um, and and it was. And so thinking about after uni, it's definitely a, uh, an industry I'd like more exposure to. I'd like to work in again, potentially. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not set on anything just yet. I think I've, I've got uh, a lot of time and a lot more thinking to do in terms of in terms of what I want to kind of go into straight out of out of uni. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So just summarise then a couple of the, the main lessons you learned from your, your first year in industry. Like, how did you find it? What what was the main takeaways? Main takeaways. Um, I suppose quickly, uh, the value of of communication is is just so underrated and so important um, in every workplace, in every aspect of life. And that's something I've kind of known and gravitated towards um, before placement, but it has been kind of confirmed and just exploded for me. So, and that can be everything from how you talk to your colleagues in the morning to kind of welcome them to the, to the workplace, just sort of see how they're doing on a wellbeing level um, to how, how are you talking to the people more senior to you in the organization to get them the information that they need as quickly and as efficiently as possible to get them to do their job in, in the way that they need to. Um, and, and that goes for everyone. So like, 
helping people to communicate with me better to kind of help them understand how I am and how I work. Um, and then on the social media level, how to communicate the brands, the brand values, the kind of operations of what the organization's doing online through different channels to kind of meet those organizational objectives. And so communication is a really, really core part of, of, of my kind of learnings and takeaways. Um, second would probably be networking um and it's a it's a cliched one for a reason um because and it, it comes back to communication again but just the importance of being able to network being able to talk to different people in different ways um and kind of be yourself and just network to to find opportunities for yourself or to to understand what's what's happening in other people's business lives or lives to be able to see how you can add value to that as a person or as an organization is really really important so now for example i've been uh, i've been a few times recently where i've been having a conversation and somebody has been telling me about uh, an issue they want more information on or a problem they're facing and it, whereas before i might have been like oh i can sort of half give you advice let me give that half advice i can now feel comfortable about saying i have no idea what you just said but i know someone who does here's their details yeah. and that sort of um, focus of I don't need to know everything but if I know someone who does then that's fine that's quite an important kind of change in, in my head um, and also what we mentioned before about kind of being able to talk to people in their own language that's really important um, so like being able to talk to the designers in their own language the financiers in their own language the marketers the same and kind of being able to have a broad focus across the business which is what my degree kind of maps to because we we kind of studied all areas of of the business so yeah there are kind of a, a few different takeaways there no, good stuff um so going forward then you said you're not you're not too sure what the future holds um what about in, in terms of, of very long-term ambitions like what what are you hoping to uh, get out of life um i mean at the moment all that looks like for me is just i just want to be happy be enjoying what i'm doing be yeah. financially stable to be able to Pay every pay everything that I need to and and support myself and whoever I'm supporting um, to a level that is comfortable and and that's that and it, it is as simple as that at the moment and I think growing up I've kind of overcomplicated what that would look like so I would probably say to you oh, I want to I want to be a millionaire before I'm thirty or something like that I remember that's something I was kind of on at one point of, of, of kind of having that as a goal but then actually that is completely the reverse focus of of what is important to me because it's it's not about kind of being able to say I'm a millionaire but I'm 30 or I'm part of this whatever list or whatever accolade or I won this award or whatever like that is completely opposite of where my head's at right now so I think it, it, it's simply that I just want to be able to meet whatever need I have uh, as, as well as I can and it basically just comes back to, to enjoyment and fulfillment I just want to enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing um, and then everything else will come after basically no, that's great. I'm really glad you touched on that as well because it doesn't matter who we've spoken to throughout this, like the podcast series so far, whether it's been a student, an entrepreneur, an athlete, they've, it's always come back to that sort of fulfillment mm. and well-being yeah. level. As like that's what's the most important thing in their that's life. That's important, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But great. Um, unless you've got anything else you'd like to add, I think I think that's a nice way to uh, end the episode. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, and hope you enjoyed that uh, episode. Uh, tune in next week to see the table splits where uh, i'll be interviewed by ryan
So yeah, it's gonna be fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of the Two Percent Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. If you or someone you know has a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch. Also, we're developing too. So if you liked the episode, give us some love on social to support the series. And if you didn't, let us know how to improve. Stay motivated, follow your dreams, and as always, do it with a smile.